Roadshow, episode number 320. My name is John Morgan. Cold coffee is with me, and it's not just the two of us. No, no. We got an extra special guest in the building. Hot tea is back. We're on the road, boys. Of course I'm back. Oscar Willis from the World MMA Award nominated Mac Life is back. We are on the road. I will say we do have Jose Youngs here at the table as well, who, by the way, it's starting to grow on me. I'm liking this Jose Young's character. He he continues to insist that he works at a reputable MMA outlet. <laughs> I'm not actually sure what that is. I don't I don't I don't know if it's an actual real outlet or not, but he says it. But I, I'm not going to hold it against him. I like the guy. To be fair, John, there's a few people at MMA media who say that, and I doubt their credentials <laughs> too. <so. laughs> we going there already. <laughs> By the way, let me set the tone. Yes, you are right. We are on the road. So you know, if we're actually on the road at the MMA Road Show, we're going to have hot tea in the building. Uh, we are at Buffalo Wild Wings, the spiritual birthplace of the <laughs> MMA road show. Now, of course, this is not Warm Springs and Durango in Las Vegas. This is Houston, Texas, where we're here for USC 262, Oliveira versus Chandler. Guys, let's just talk first of all about, um, I guess, the feel, the atmosphere, what's going on. Because, look, we saw in Jacksonville fervent fans. I mean, people oh, yeah. are going crazy. People are ready. People are excited to be doing things again. I, I always say, look, we've kind of covered how the world has been. How could you avoid what the world has been? But we're not trying to sit here and get all political about COVID and all this stuff. But I'm going to admit something. I, and you guys can either co-sign or you can tell me I'm crazy. Jacksonville, I was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. It was weird. It just We just hadn't been in a situation like that. It, it had been so long that we had been you know, going through all these protocols and doing all these things that I'll be honest, I was a little bit nervous. This week, and maybe it's, I don't know, I do wonder if it's because Jacksonville, by the way, was the home of like when we started the whole yeah, like yeah. weirdness. I don't know. I, now I don't know if it's just because it's our second event, if it's maybe because it's Texas, maybe because I, I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't really feel that nervous, and I'm actually pretty damn excited. Well, I have to say that I thought you were about to go in a slightly different direction, but maybe the two correlate. I actually think that uh, Houston is respectfully leaving COVID behind, whereas Jacksonville had left its corpse on the ground and stomped on its head. I certainly yeah. feel like where we come in here, there's a little bit more sort of attention paid to the, you know, protocols and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Jacksonville, like, they were annoyed yeah. if you acted as if there's a pandemic. They were, I felt, so maybe that's part of it, John. I feel a little bit more safe here. I don't know, I'm safe in Jacksonville, I suppose, but I feel a bit more safe here because I think it's still just sort of the transition is happening, whereas in yeah. Jacksonville, they very much believe it to be a thing of the past and, and i think you're right i think having that under the belt made it a lot easier you know going to the airport for the second time for myself flying i was like okay i'm not as annoyed by the fact that i'm so close and annoyed proximity. by the terrible fucking trip that you had to get here. yeah that was that's a whole other mm. story yeah i was very annoyed for that but yeah i mean it just feels uh you're right even the people today there were people that were you know clearly when they were queued up for the uh press conference today weren't wearing a mask, but they weren't, like, flaunting. Like, I felt in Jacksonville, people felt like they had to flaunt the fact. Yeah. Here, they're just kind of like, yeah, this is the route that we're going. You know, we feel good, you know. And, I, you know, here's another one where after we got through Jacksonville, we were in pretty close proximity at some times in, in some situations where it's like, so if we didn't get any ramifications or sick or anything after that, yeah. I feel pretty confident that I this agree. one, which is even uh, even more laid back. I know, especially um, like the orgy I went to last week had no social distancing requirements. Right. As well. See? So if I didn't get it there. Oh, I hope all those guys were gentle with you. <laughs> <laughs> Josh and Diego were fine. Oh, wow. The frosty beverages are flowing early on the <laughs> MMA road show. Uh, you did mention, by the way, our, our our trip in. Without getting too much into it, we did have the most annoying trip in. We were supposed oh, to go. Brutal. We were supposed to go Vegas to Dallas, Dallas to Houston. We ended up going Vegas, almost to Dallas. Turning around, landing in El Paso, mm -hmm. getting off the plane there, putting fuel on, reboarding the plane, then going to Dallas, then rushing from Dallas to get to the uh, flight to not miss the connection to Houston, then getting to Houston. Getting into some of the worst turbulence I've had in a long time. Yeah, it was rough. Flying past the airport because we were in uh, in this. A bad storm. Yeah, we yeah. were at the edge of the storm. So it was like it was as bumpy as it gets because the, it oh. was like there were two fronts that we were colliding and we just happened to be flying right through it. Terrible. And all the while knowing that we were on deadline 
to get a COVID test done in time because we still did have to test. We are still in the in the wristband era. Yep. You know, we still did have yep. to get a test done. Unfortunately, it all worked out, and it was good, and uh, everything's been okay so far. But it was, for what should be a short flight, it was a little bit of a nightmare. And of course, we're all here for the vacant lightweight title fight. Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler is the fight. Now, guys, and it's, it's in some ways, I guess, with, with hot tea in here, it's a little bit of a loaded question, right? I mean... <laughs> I don't You're know right, Connor and Dustin should be. You know what I'm saying? Like it is, it is funny, right? Because here's the thing: is, is I will admit now, and, and I actually just wrote a piece on this. It hasn't even published in May Junkie. By the time most people will listen to this, it, it will be kind of talking about this fight coming together and how it came together. And I mean, I don't want to say it's the least ex- anticipated or least. Exp- it's a weird fight. I mean, when they first announced it, it felt like a weird fight. But I gotta say, now that we're here. I'm pretty excited about it, and you know, I said from the very beginning, I thought Dustin Poirier should be involved in a title fight. Now, if that meant Dustin versus Connor, okay, I get it. It's a little bit of a stretch, but look, the belt's the belt's vacant. You can do whatever you want with it, and nobody in the entire world is going to argue about Conor McGregor being in a title fight. You know what I mean? He's the biggest star in the sport, and people are going to love it. So nobody would argue about him being in a title fight. I thought the fight to make to me personally was Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier just because, you know, the Michael Chandler flame is burning bigger right now than it ever would be. And so, yeah. you know, you, he came in, he had that amazing debut against Dan Hooker. He did all the things right, pre-fight, post-fight, all those things. So to me, I thought Chandler versus Poirier was the fight to make, if I'm being 100% honest. But Poirier wanted Conor McGregor. And I get that. It's a big trilogy. It's a big fight. That's a big money fight. Probably a bigger money fight than this, if we're being honest, even though there's not a belt on the line. Poirier won a piece of that. Get that. So now you got to go Chandler versus somebody else. You go Chandler Oliveira. And at first it sounds a little bit weird. You're like, that's such a – I mean, Chandler nine months ago was fighting in Bellator, which is so crazy to think about. Oliveira, meanwhile, the guy that's been in the UFC for a decade – uh, swore he was a featherweight forever, struggled to, to make 145 pounds. I think the rest of us were like, bro, can you just go to lightweight and give it a shot? Uh, and, and, and you know, finally did that, and it's been amazing. He's been 9-1 since he returned to the 155-pound division, and now it's a title fight. I thought it was a little weird coming in, but I'm pretty excited about the fight now. What about you guys? Yeah, you know, I think uh, we were talking about this earlier, John, where it's like kind of the most un-UFC title fight we've had in a while, where it's basically two guys who are very good in their division having a fight for a belt. You know, I, I think the more what we've come to expect from the promotion, the more sort of UFC title fight would be in a Connor Dustin 3. And they could have easily, like anyone who tried to complain about that, they'd say, well, Dustin deserves the title shot. Yes. Right. Like he wanted to fight Connor, so that's what we're doing. You know, it's very easy to sell. It would have been massive. And maybe part of it is they're double dipping, right? They know they have a title fight down the line with with Connor or Dustin. That's going to be very juicy. So that it's like, well, true. let's just have an let's have an extra title fight. You know, let's just have an extra one. Um, I mean, I actually am excited for the fight. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I do. I don't think it's uh, it's it's kind of an interesting one. I think if you look at Charles's record, the quality of opposition. I don't know if it, it, there's a lot of like questions here, right? You know, if it, is Michael this stud in the UFC is he going to be this absolutely top tier guy because if he loses this fight I feel it might be similar to Ben Askren where Ben came in and to the UFC and he was kind of more popular than his ability would warrant if that makes right. sense that sounds like no, 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 there, but, no, I know what you're but like he was getting he was the high profile free agent yeah. but he was it, but, it's still considered a little unproven right but he was he was yeah. like getting crazy views he would like his videos would clear like a million views and stuff for Ben Askren it's kind of like well who, who the fuck is he beat uh, I feel Michael's kind of riding that now, and if he loses, if he loses, then it's going to be his, his star power will wane quickly. Yeah. I agree. It but still feels like there's a little bit of something to prove, right? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, anybody that goes in there and does what he did to Dan Hooker, people should clearly say, okay, this guy deserves to be there. Dan Hooker clearly has been at the top and has been a contender and has been a guy that was should have been able to, to fight for the title at some point. For so him to go in there and do what he did. I have no problem with where he's at and what, especially his pedigree. This guy is a former champ. You know, say what you will about some of the the, the, the guys he's fought. I mean, we've seen him fight through some adversity. You know, he's had some crazy injuries in the fights, you know, and then he battles through. I mean, the guy is super, super tough. But, I mean, I, I like what you said. I like this does feel like a fight where they gave the title shot to guys that deserve it, guys at the top of the division, not some 
crazy a spectacle off to the side? How can we just grab guys together and see how much money we can make for a right. pay-per-view? These are like legit guys well, at the they, top they of the division. They went public, so now they don't need that sort of money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, should have <laughs> they don't give a fuck anymore. dollars influx or whatever it was. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a killer fight. I mean, I think Oliver is fighting at another level right now. And after watching Chandler, if anybody had any questions, if you could just watch that hooker fight and watch what he was able to do, it was so sick. Because um, Dan is as tough as it gets. Yep. And, and he made it look, you know, excuse the word, but he made it look easy. Right. You know, and that's just crazy. You don't do that. You don't yeah. do that to Dan Hooker. Right? As, as, he, as he said, as, as Michael Chandler laid it out in the press conference today, he said, look, right, like, I did what Dustin Poirier did, couldn't do in 25 minutes. I yes. did what Paul Felder couldn't do in 25 minutes. Yes. I mean, that is pretty amazing to say that. Like, yes. these guys went 25 minutes. It was a war, and I went there, and I, I waxed them in two and a half yeah. minutes. I mean, it's, you it's hard to argue with that. You can't, I, I, can't argue with you. I, can't actually think, it. I actually think that could be what we see on Saturday. Okay, I, so I actually think he could spark Oliveira yeah. really early as well. He's just so explosive. Yeah. That, that, okay, so that's why I want to get – well, first of all, let me ask you this. Did, did we, we were just a couple hours removed from the press conference. We, we didn't have uh, media day access to these guys, but we did have press conference access to them. Did you take anything out of the press conference today other than the fact that Charles Oliveira's teeth are just <laughs> fantastic? So I mean, white. just incredible. Yeah, I just, I mean, I imagine Darren Till is just sitting there right now just watching him thinking, man, I should have I yeah. sh- gone with that shade. John Jones tried to pull him out and snort them. <laughs> I will say quickly, just on on the surface of what I took away from it, I thought Michael Chandler looked uh, in a better, healthy state. I don't know if that means he has more to cut at this point. You know, while I was looking at the incredibly white, wonderful teeth of Charles Oliveira, I thought I'd notice that his face looked a little bit more sunken in. He had glasses, so I couldn't I really agree. see how his eyes really looked. Um, I thought he, when they did the face off, his cheekbones are very pronounced. Yes. Yes. such a homoerotic thing to say about yeah. a man having a fight. But I mean, but when you, when you know that they're coming up on the weight cut, you know that's, a, that's all telltale signs to to where they're at in their weight cut. Yeah. When I looked at Chandler, I didn't. It, I saw nothing that made it look to me like this is hard for him at yeah, this point. I agree. Well, he's he's significantly smaller in terms yeah. of height, at least. I mean, he's a thick boy, but um, I'd say I have a weird sort of feeling about the weigh-ins tomorrow in Jacksonville. I had this weird feeling that something crazy was going to happen, and then a bunch of crazy things happened. I have this weird feeling about the Wayans tomorrow. I feel like we're going to see some odd little drama. I don't know why. In the main event? I don't know, man. I just oh, feel like so. Like, I th- I'm I knocking just, on wood right now. I'm knocking this weird on thing wood. Like Charles might just suddenly scoot it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's, comp- that's based on absolutely nothing other than I'd like some more views on my videos. But oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm not going to I mean, who I knows? I mean, who knows? Who knows where he's at in the weight cut and how, how much he has to go and how hard it is at this point. Yeah. I mean. He's, but he's never missed it lightweight, right? Right. He's only missed it featherweight. Do you think when he wins the world title, he'll be like, right, and now 145, I'm finally going back down. It scares me, but I'm not ruling it out because he just, for whatever reason, he always seemed like intent on, on, on doing that. And then I'm. Uh, hopefully he's gotten over it. So, all right, let's talk about the matchup itself because here's what I think. So, I ended up picking Michael Chandler in my staff pick at MMA Junkie, but I will say it scares and me a little bit. And they should pay attention because who's on top of the, the, the pick board right I now? I kind of kind of a, sh- a shoddy week last week. The first time we ever kind of bragged about it a little bit, I had kind of a shoddy week. <laughs> I do still, still remain on top. Hold. I do still remain on top, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back a little bit. But here's the thing. So I picked Michael Chandler because. Look, uh, the power that he comes out with, the aggression that he comes out with is impressive. Um, Oliveri used to be a guy that wilted if you put pressure on him. I don't yeah. think he's that way anymore. I think he's been tested. Uh, I think he's doing a much better job of that these days. Uh, so I do think he can weather a little bit of a storm, but I don't know how much of a storm you want to you want to weather for Michael Chandler because he can put your lights out. That said, Michael Chandler is also known for his wrestling and I don't know that he wants to wrestle, you know, to, to grapple at all with Charles Oliveira. I mean, like, no. you, I mean, so here's the thing is I don't think you want to shoot in and, and, and take down Charles Oliveira because then you're in a world of, uh, of trouble, right? So then what does that mean? Does that mean you, you just want to stand up? And if you want to stand up, now all of a sudden you're talking about that big height differential, that big length differential. So listen, I picked Chandler, but I'm having a little bit of trouble envisioning it because I think when I go with Chandler, what I think is that that pressure and that power – wobbles him and rocks him early and we're talking about a first or second round TKO. That's what I'm thinking in my head, right? But it does scare me when I think that you don't have the threat of a takedown because he'll just fall on his back. Oliveira will happily yeah, yeah, just yeah. go to his back and he can get you in transitions and if he knows that you're not going to shoot, maybe he can stay up a little, uh, you know, a little more upright and he can work that long jab and work, you know, work those kicks. So I, I 
I picked Michael Chandler, but I'm a little bit worried about that pick. What, what, what are you guys thinking? I went with Chandler as well. And, you know, the more I thought about it, as you kind of describe it, I don't really ever see Charles being – I mean, I don't envision that, that Chandler's going to be too worried about him taking some jabs and doing other stuff. I think, if anything else, when you see Oliver, he usually tries to work the kicks in, so I can see him trying to do something. But, again, the last person you want to throw a lot of kicks at – is a, a, a low-grounded fighter that wants to grab your legs and turn transition into like a single leg or some sort of a double leg. So he might not want to throw the legs because he's afraid that Chandler's going to catch the leg, you know, maybe throw a punch into his face, and and those those shots are going to be big. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I just don't envision that Chandler's going to want – I'm sorry, that Oliveira's going to want to stand up against Chandler if he does. Um, like you said, Oliveira has a lot of heart. But, you know, while he maybe doesn't want to give up, if your lights are taken from you, you have no say in the manner. You have no <laughs> you choice. Um, I think, I think Oliver is going to try to, at some point, he's going to probably make the, the moves to try to get him down. Because I think in his mind, he thinks his jiu-jitsu is much stronger than Oliver's, uh, I'm sorry, than Chandler's ground Top game. game wrestling, yeah. yeah. So I think, if anything else, he's going to try to weather, get through the big punch that Chandler's going to throw, and he's going to try to trip him, get him on the ground, and try to work some sort of submission. I don't see any other sort of game plan from Oliveira except for trying to get the submission victory. Hati, is it a clean sweep? Because, man, yeah, the guy that we weren't sure if he was a USC caliber guy, we're all we're all rolling with him against the dude that's on the insane win streak? Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say I'm picking Chandler, and I'm not too hesitant about it. I think, wow. I think he's going to win. I think it actually would be not comfortable. But I think he's too cerebral to take him down and get locked up in that game. He's not yeah. going to do that, right? But I think he'll probably fake the takedown a few times. He'll have Charles thinking about it. I think he's smart enough to know that he's got to keep him guessing. I really believe that it's going to look very similar, ironically enough, to the knockout that was just on the screen over there. It's going to look very similar to the Dan Hooker fight, but yeah. much quicker. With Dan, he took, wow. a, he took a while. Not, not, not to say he'll get the finish, but I mean in oh, terms okay. of his tactics. Got he's it. got, you know, with that fight, he got worked the jab to the body, worked the jab to the body through the big overhand right. I think he's made it clear he's going to come out and try and pressure Charles very early, yep. try and make him break. Test that chin. I think he might, you know, in terms of striking, I don't really believe it's that close. I think, I think, you know, despite the, the height and, and length uh, advantage that Charles has, I don't think he's like a striker that can sort of use that. You know, he's not going to pepper him with jabs yeah. and keep him at bay. I think my and, and I think Michael's tough enough and gritty enough to just fucking be like walk straight through that anyway. So I think uh, Michael's going to come at him with like a blitz very early on, and I think it wouldn't surprise me if he saw like Oliver try and pull guard at some point or something like that. But I'm predicting a first or second round, uh, finish for Michael. Intriguing, man. We're Could all be. kind of on board with the Could same be. with the same pick. Uh, it's up to you if, whether you agree with our analysis or you think it's something different. But you know what I can tell you? I can tell you that this weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on yes, the line. Yes, it does. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total well, some prizes. Would say if you haven't tried it just yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances. Takedowns is more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to complete for a shot at millions of dollars millions. in total prizes. <laughs> Plus, don't forget, they got basketball, hockey. They've got even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So what do we need you to do, folks? If you're interested in doing this, download the DraftKings app right now and use promo code FROSTY for your shot <laughs> at millions, millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code FROSTY to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Thank you, DraftKings, for the fantastic support of the MMA Roadshow. By the way, speaking of fantastic support for the MMA Roadshow, did you see who snuck in to Buffalo Wild Wings behind you? I did not. Anthony Beach from Latchkey Brewing ah, is in the house. He made his way down to Houston, Texas. He's got some tickets for <laughs> USC 262. He's going to be in the house. Looking forward to having a frosty beverage with our man. Is he one of the guys who was responsible for that time we had the cans and we got, like, fucking ludicrous? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He actually makes those. Not only does he, like, part of the company, <laughs> like, it's literally, he's, like, 
the trying guy to think of which drunken episode that was. It wasn't the bad one that I did last time, but like the. I'm sure there's been many bad ones that started. We've had a couple along the way. We've had a couple along the way. All right, <laughs> co-main event. Benil Darius versus Tony Ferguson. Another big fight in the lightweight division. Dana White did come out and say, hey, by the way, I'm not necessarily saying this is certainly a number one contender fight. And I get that. you got to keep your options on hold uh, if we're just being 100% honest. He could have Doug helped elude and push it a little bit and say, of course, these guys are always at the top of the division. You know that they're always the He just wanted to say no, but he just wanted to just like, no. no. Let's be honest. Uh, we do have a certain, uh, a certain young Irishman fighting uh, this summer. In a trilogy fight. Who's that? Yeah, it's I, I'm, I'm struggling to remember his name, but I hear he's a pretty popular guy. Richest huh. motherfucker in the world, baby. <laughs> James Gallagher? <laughs> yes. I don't know why I'm bragging as if it's my money, because it isn't. Uh, <laughs> you know. I would definitely say that the winner of Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor 3 is probably in the driver's seat for a title fight next. So, no disrespect to Benil Darius or Tony Ferguson. In fact, I really mean that. No disrespect at all. I love both these guys. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it, right? Because Benil Darius, a guy, another guy that's on this amazing streak, you know, kind of one that's probably flown under the radar a little bit. I mean, we know Benil, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's not a trash talker. He never will be. Um, he is going to take some time off after this, by the way, because he does have a child on the way. So regardless, he's probably not going to fight uh, until the end of the year, win or lose. Um, but listen, the guy's on, on quite the run. He's a hell of a fighter. He's been in some fantastic fights as of late. Meanwhile, he's going against Tony Ferguson, who has had the recent setbacks. And I think the question is, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, the question is, is Tony Ferguson still Tony Ferguson, right? Like, how much does Tony Ferguson have left in the tank? I mean, I think that's what we're looking at in this matchup. Because if, if, if Tony Ferguson is anything less than Tony Ferguson, I mean, maybe if it's not 100% Tony Ferguson, maybe if it's 95%, you know, or something like that, he's okay. But, you know, if, if he is diminished significantly, he's going to struggle against Benil Darius. But I will say this, you know, in talking about things, what did you take away from the press conference today? I will say that Tony Ferguson seemed stole to be. Stole the show. Well, he did yeah, steal he did the show. show. His, his stole Dana the White show. privilege. Dana White privilege was pretty good. That was <laughs> yeah. a great line. But, I mean, but. Okay, I think so Dana literally enjoyed himself up there today, being sort of at the end of like the the butts and just being so caught off guard. Yeah, I think he sees so many of these. I felt like today we actually saw Dana be a little shocked. He was just like, "Whoa, I, I, like where he, is this coming he from?" That and I enjoyed the fact that Tony was like, "Can we get a bigger bonus because we're in Texas?" Yeah. He's like, and "Next question." Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, hell, so Dana. for anybody that didn't see the press conference, basically. Tony Ferguson was having a good time up there. You should go watch it. I think it's definitely worth watching. He was definitely interjecting himself a little bit. Basically, um, he was saying that Michael Chandler ducked him and that the only reason Michael Chandler was getting a shot is because he was getting favorable treatment, which he called Dana White privilege, which is fantastic. Like, Genius. If he came up with that on the fly, my goodness, he deserves something. Yeah. But uh, and Dana it, enjoyed it more than anyone else. Dana, Dana was pissing his pants for that. He was like, he, you know, he knows it's true, probably. <laughs> he's like, yeah, that is funny. <laughs> oh, that's what I should call trust it. Trust me, that's definitely a term that should stick around. Yeah, okay. like it's oh, definitely a term that, yeah. that should stick around. So um, I guess the title shot too, buddy. Dana White. Dana White privilege. privilege. I love it. All right, so <laughs> uh, all right, but Ferguson. So uh, he stole the show, but it just like, taking away from what we want to see mentally, physically, that sort of things. I don't know, man. And again, it, it, that's not necessarily, you know, that, that doesn't dictate what happens in terms of X's and O's. But I do believe that mentality and psychology is a huge part of, of the MMA game. And I will say, you know, Tony Ferguson could easily seem like a man that's broken. He could easily and, and seem like a man that's, uh, you know, struggling to remain and struggling to prove. And I don't know, to me today... He didn't look like that physically or mentally. or the, yeah. To me, it looked like Tony Ferguson is there. And I, I don't know that, like, the last couple fights, I'll be honest, he seemed a little bit off to me. Today, I felt like that's the guy. I, I, I really believe Tony's going to be that guy. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, actually, because if you'd have asked me about how this fight's going to go yesterday, I would have told you that it happens the same time every time. The, the unbeatable fighter gets stopped. Right. The next one, he gets dominated. And the next one, he gets finished. Right. Right? And I feel like Tony's on that path, right? Gaethje beat him, showed he was human. This guy hadn't been human at all. Oliver dominated him, showed like, oh, maybe there's some miles on the clock here. And then I predicted that Darius was going to prove that not only is there miles on the clock, he was finished as right. a fighter. And it's a sad but the truth that it happens, no, it's, it happens it's to just, all of them. That's, unfortunately, that's what happens in this game. Today, I feel like that was a bullshit take. And actually, Tony seems so on the ball, so sharp, so enjoy it. Uh, enjoying himself, I believe 
it's going to turn out that Tony Ferguson is the prime example of a guy who fights with fans. And in the pandemic, he had no fans and he got his shit rocked, essentially. And I think he, he just, his wacky, crazy, let's do some rat, let's salsa dance in the middle of a fight, that thrives on fan support, thrives on their cheers. And I think he might be the prime example of a guy who needs crowds. I think Cerrone might be one of those guys too. Maybe even Connor as well. I think he's going to be one of these guys who needs crowds to like be at his best. And uh, now I'm starting to wonder. I mean, he has a tall task ahead of him, man. He, he looks really bad. In his, it, it, the, the, the fight with Oliveira, he looks not great. No. And, and Benil's on a bit of a tear. And it feels like one of those crossing paths moments. You know, the guy on the right. way up, the guy on the way down. We see it so many times. Still a tough task ahead of him. But today... I did sort of pause and think, well, actually, may maybe Tony is actually still there, you know? I, I don't yep. disagree. And by the way, can, I mean, the f can we talk about the fan support and reaction that he got? Oh, like, yeah. My goodness, man. It was man. awesome. We had, a, we had a pretty decent crowd. I can't remember the last time we've heard the crowd that in favor oh, of Oh, man. We had a pretty decent crowd show up. And uh, I saw a couple I, I saw a couple El Kukui signs in there. No who were actually holding up some signs. I didn't signs. see that. Yeah. They were kind of a little bit to the side of where you guys were, so you probably wouldn't have seen it. That's awesome. But a couple signs in there. Definitely heard some cheers yes, and some... Uh, you know, I mean, it was a very pro El Kukui crowd, yeah. man. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't disagree with you. And, again, I, you, know, you know, you take a guy like Dan Tom, right, who breaks down fights in such a, a, a technical way where he's like, you know, let me, let me talk about the stance switches. Let me talk yeah. about and, – and, and we who don't – you, know, oh, you know what? I didn't see who he picked, to be honest with you. But I, I just I, – I feel like what he does is on such a, an extreme, wonderful technical level – and what we're doing is is, is kind of just sharing what we feel and see, and I get it. It's emotion. But I will say this. I do believe psychology and emotion do play a whole lot of a factor in this game. But I will say, I think what you're saying isn't crazy, that there are just some people who that pandemic-era MMA, not that it's quite over yet, but that that apex environment is just a very difficult environment for them to be successful in. And I think Tony Ferguson might, might as you said, very well be one of those guys who that's just not for him. He needs that 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 influx of, of, of volume and noise and energy. Well, there's some guys who like they they they're going there to have a fight, and they can have a fight in the gym, or they can have a fight in the parking lot, they can have a fight anywhere. They can have a fight in front of fans, they can have a fight in the apex. And then there are some guys who are there, and they're there to put on a show. I think Tony's there to put on a show, and the way he does that is by having a fight. Tony's there to end. He he. I'm here to put on a fucking show, and I. I I didn't really, it didn't really hone into me. I, before he came out to press conference, I was talking with Jose Youngs and I was saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to ask him about, you know, maybe fighting with no crowd versus crowd. But it didn't occur to me until he came out and got the reception he got, stopped, didn't even get onto the stage, went and took a photo with the fans. That was first. cool. When I saw that, I realized, like, oh, this guy fucking loves it. Right. He, right. he, he loves it. And uh, I, I really think in the heat of battle, like in the Gaethje fight, when everything's going crazy, if he landed that uppercut, on Gagey and dropped him, and the crowd's there, I think he takes that into the next round and piles it on, you know? And I think without it, it's just hard for him to really get into that flow state we hear fighters talk about sometimes. So I actually think, and this is so crazy, we're basing this on a press conference, right? But I really do see like a return to peak. Will, will it be enough? I don't know, but I think peak sort of crazy, wacky shit, Tony. I think that's happening. It's, I like it. It's crazy, right, when you think about, man, it, and I hadn't really thought about it, but when you talk about like that uppercut that he landed, like my God, that was so close to finishing. Like, like we're we're sitting. I mean, this game is so brutal, man. I mean, if 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 Gaethje is anything less than Gaethje, Gaethje. you know what I mean? Like that ends a lot of people's night, and yeah. we're looking at Tony Ferguson in a title shot. Maybe he loses, maybe he wins. I mean, if he wins, obviously it's amazing. If he loses, okay, we're like, ah, well, he just came up short. He'll get another shot. But instead, we're talking about a guy who's, you know, potentially completely washed and, and shouldn't be competing again when he damn near ended that fight for a second. Yep. Yeah, it, 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 it's just uh, it's a very emotional sport. That's what it is. You know, people, people call it a, a what have you done for me lately sport. I think it's a very re it's a better way to describe it is it's a very reactive sport. You react to what happened right then, you know. Like right now, Francis Ngannou is the best heavyweight in the world. Right. And no one can, yep. no one can touch him. And it's like, well... Because he stuffed one takedown, essentially. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> Stipe didn't get deep enough on the leg. Now it's like Francis is unstoppable. And then what's going to happen is they're going to rematch. Then Stipe will get deep and leg take him down. It's like, oh, I knew he was never that good. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy how we react to so many things. It's insane, man. Listen, I think these top two fights are going to be big. We're going to know a lot about the lightweight division after this weekend. Listen, I, I will say, just before I go. Please do. I picked Tony. 
You picked Tony? I picked Tony. Did you Did you find out Dan Tom's pick? I picked Tony. No, I didn't. I was going to look it up. Oh, I, I thought was you were like, looking at yeah. Tom's pick. I actually no, I was, was looking it up as well, and then I gave up. How crazy. Yeah. I will I, say that uh, I think I think this this is a perfect fight for Tony to win. I think this is a perfect opponent, and, I, and after seeing how assertive he was out there, I felt even more confident that he's gonna he's gonna do some right things. In I this will fight. say though, I don't necessarily like. Well, also, it was so weird. he fucking loves the Ultimate Fighter, doesn't he? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. He just yeah, never yeah. stops talking bring about that up. it. But um, he's he's having uh, Freddie Roach in his corner. Don't necessarily know if Freddie Roach. Like his skills are applicable yeah. in MMA, and I kind of feel like he's become a figure of MMA fighters. Like, oh, he's a legendary. It's like having Teddy Atlas in your corner. It's like he's yeah. amazing, but he's not necessarily. I would much rather Freddie Roach than Teddy Atlas. In my Whoa! Yeah, hot Why? take right there. Why? Because Teddy sucks. Whoa! You are fucking deranged, mate. We're firemen! I'd have that every day. I'll have someone screaming belligerent shit at me. That's great. Freddie <laughs> Roach is the real deal. Teddy Atlas is just a bad hot TV commentator. Out here. What the fuck did Teddy do to you? That's <laughs> so insane. <laughs> well, I just said I want Freddy. Freddy's a much nicer gentleman. Take that, Teddy, Teddy. Atlas is a gentleman. I mean, he might have threatened Mike Tyson with a gun once, but, you know. There you go. See, That's okay, morning. though, because Tyson was just like 15 years old. So you got to threaten <laughs> a kid with a gun. <laughs> 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 you funny. throw it out if they're underage. Like, it's fine. Right. Wait, no. No, it doesn't count. Don't. don't <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. Uh, if you like what you're listening to, except for that last little part, and if you could pretend that you never heard that, I would appreciate that. Make sure you support the show over at patreon.com slash the MMA road. So that, of course, is the exclusive home for the and a half episodes where we recap every single USC event, which means damn near every single week we're bringing you a little bonus episode. Uh, plus, we're putting much more audio over there. We got some discussion over there, some uh, people just chatting and enjoying the sport. Fellow like-minded MMA fans like yourself. And maybe you don't care about any of that, but you just say, you know what? I like John Morgan and I like Cold Coffee, and I just want to help support their show. They're, they're bringing me this episode for free every single week for 320 consecutive weeks. That's a lot Never miss a single That's a lot week. Of weeks. The Lou Gehrig of MMA podcast. Wait, Cal Ripken beat Lou Gehrig, right? Yeah, okay. The Cal Ripken <laughs> of MMA <laughs> podcast. Lou, Lou Gehrig had a, a really bad ending, didn't he? <laughs> wow, well, I mean, I think we probably know we're all going <laughs> yeah. towards that as well. So, That's true. so, yes, the Lou Gehrig of MMA podcast. <laughs> Support us, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow. All right, uh, guys, let's talk about the rest of this, this main card. Of course, we saw the main and the co-main event. Uh, today at the press conference, but we did have media day sessions uh, with, with everybody else involved. Rogerio Bontarine versus Matt Schnell. That's a, a short notice contest between two flyweights that's going to take place at bantamweight. Uh, Vivian Araujo, who I think is a very, very talented individual, and her quality of competition has been, I mean, nothing but absolute top notch against Caitlin Chukagian, who uh, I, th I think it's a lot of undue disrespect, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, you know, that that's a key matchup there as well. And then, of course, the, the show stealer on the main card, Edson Barbosa versus Shane Burgos, uh, which looks like on paper it's going to be absolute dynamite. It should be incredible. Um, I think if I ask the question of which fight stands out to you, which one are you most excited, I think it's pretty easy to say Barbosa and Burgos. Although, let me say, I think Bontarine and Schnell is going to be a banger as well. But let me just ask you, I mean, the interviews, did anything that anybody said stand out to you or any uh, any moment or just anybody catch your attention out of those main card fights that, that, that you want to bring some attention to? Um, I wouldn't say any of them were out of the ordinary. I felt it was a pretty sort of, you know, it wasn't a lot to read into at media day, but I will give uh, Chikagian some, some notice. I thought she came across as a woman who understands what she is in terms of her style is not fan-friendly, She's not this crazy trash talker. She is what she is. She, she fights. She wins fights. And that deal with it, basically. I think she seems she came across very comfortable in that. She said, look, I, like, I love the fans, but they don't get me paid, you know? Right. So I, I found that kind of interesting, that basically she's not apologizing for how she fights. Now, whether that will work out for her, I mean... You know, she had a title shot, and that, that went the way it was. But I, I think I, I'm not going to... It just sucks when you're talking about Valentina Shevchenko, yeah. right? Yeah, but I mean... It to everyone that challenges her. Yeah. Right? I don't feel like I'm breaking crazy grounds where maybe in the industry we've heard the UFC aren't, like, the hottest on Catelyn Chukagin, you know? Right. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn there. And I think, you know, you look at Curtis Blades, he has the same sort of opinion about the fans. I think, again, it doesn't necessarily help you long run. But look, she, all she, her job is to win. She's here to do that. And... You know, she probably quite possibly could win this one. I did. I did. I, I agree with you. I like what she said, was, which was basically like, look, 
and, and she, did, she didn't use the term gatekeeper, but she did just basically say, listen, I understand that right now I, I'm not in line for another title shot. However, I want to make sure everybody in this division understands in order to get a title shot, you go through me. And, and, and I love that a lot. Uh, I, I thought that was a, a fantastic saving for her. And listen, Viviana Araujo, I think she's the real deal. She, ha she had the setback to Jessica I. If she didn't have the setback to Jessica I, she would have probably fought for a title by now. She's fought nothing but top-level competition since she came in. So this, to me, is a very, very intriguing fight. Uh, Bontarine stepping in on short notice against Schnell, uh, fighting up a division. I, I, I do think this is going to be a great fight. I'm high on Bontarine. He's had some setbacks, but I do think he's got some real skills. Schnell has the, the Houston ties. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of a home game for him. And uh, I know he's pretty excited about that. And I like Schnell as well. I mean, he's just fun to talk to. He's got a little bit of swagger to him. He's got a little bit of style, and he's bringing it all together. Um, but listen, Barbosa versus Shane Burgos just the fight's it, sick. It's going to be yeah. – It's it, on paper, sick. it looks like it's going to be absolute nuts. I think, I think Burgos takes it, though. I'm pretty confident. That's who I picked. That's who I picked. I think he's I got mean, the better boxing. He's yeah. just got – he's got great size. I mean, as much as you – you and I, when I looked at the – Barbosa, I forget what his actual age is. He's a good bit older than Burgos, but he's fight terms. He's he, in fight well terms, older. he's he's Definitely he's a older. very <laughs> young, a very very young man. I mean, he is he's absolutely fantastic, and this is the kind of fight that. Um, I, he definitely could win, especially he catches anybody with those kicks that he has. I just think Burgos Shane is just super, super, super tough. He's an animal. I mean, I think he can walk through a lot of those shots to get his shots, and I think his shots are going to do more devastating damage yeah. when they land. Well, I tell you. And he's just, he's just a fucking monster. But that fight clearly, I mean, I, I'm so excited to see Chandler and Oliveira fight. But this is right, right below that in terms of fight that I'm anticipating to see the fireworks that could happen. Yeah, like, if fireworks do not happen, this I'm going to be so absolutely oh, let down. Oh, it's almost certainly going to be a fucking stinker now. <laughs> well, if I had that much control of the universe, then that may be I, I will say this. You talked about Oliveira and we were talking about weight earlier. Yeah. I saw Shane Burgess just walking around town earlier. Very sunken in, but looks like looked fine with it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was like, damn, this month he that's not an easy cut. Cuts a lot of weight. He a lot of weight. By yeah. the way, the age difference: five years in actual uh, human years, uh, probably a lot more in, yeah, in <laughs> yeah, terms of, of in terms of fight. How old is Barbosa? Thirty-five. He's, he's younger than Tony. Feels like. Crazy, right? He's been around forever. Right? He has been around. Same like Aldo. Aldo By the way, I I, uh, I did I did think it was a, um, a a great question, which I believe Jose Youngs asked uh, the question, and uh, just goes to prove that the guy deserves to be picked up by a reputable outlet. I mean, the guy. I'm, I mean, he's 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 toiling away there at this this place that nobody's ever even heard of. Not even yeah. sure if it really exists, but I think he was the one that asked about you know watching the Chris Weidman leg kick and you being kind uh, of a yeah, master yeah. of the leg kicks. Um, that you know, is a good question. What, what, did you, what did you think about that? You see, <laughs> someone should pick him up. Um, you know, he gets paid in beans. Someone told me that. He gets paid in <laughs> run of beans. He said, you know, Barbosa basically said, like, listen, like, absolutely I think about that. You know, I think about the possibility of a broken leg, but that's that's basically the risk that's of what of we game. do, it man. That's part of the game. And I was like, man. It'd be much funner if you went, well, I wasn't thinking about it until you just mentioned it, you <laughs> fucking <laughs> bitch. Yeah, right. Yeah, or if he's like, oh, no, actually, I saw that, and I decided I'm never throwing another leg kick again. He was like, "That's I don't want that to happen to me. Oh, do you see that? It snapped in half a wiggle around. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the preliminary card. I do think the main card should be fantastic. We did get to speak to some of the prelim fighters as well. I'll talk about the ones that we got a chance to speak to first and, and ask you about those. Uh, we did talk to Andre Muniz against Ronaldo Jacare Souza. Uh, Mike Grundy is taking on Lando Venata, and Andrea Lee is taking on Anthony mm. Shevchenko. We did get to talk to all six of those fighters. I will say to me – uh, the standout uh, quote had to be from Jacare Souza, right, who, uh, who who did his entire scrum in English, yeah. um, apologized for his English afterwards, even though it was, like, damn near spot on. Like, I didn't think the he made many mistakes he at all. The only person he could talk to was the English person in he the room. He definitely didn't understand what you had to say, but there was a little <laughs> bit of an accent in there. Um, but I love the fact. And, and again, I think he, he clearly had this line that he wanted to deliver because he was in the <laughs> middle of basically answering a question to me and then it was like, hey, there's just one thing I need to say. But I loved it. And I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but essentially what it boiled down to is like, hey, listen, I know that, you know, sometimes the young lion kills the old lion. Or, yeah, the young lion kills the old lion, but sometimes the young lion dies trying. I'm ready to kill this guy. And I was like, oh, shit. I, in fact, yeah. I think I even said it. I was like, that's a good line, Dr. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, in fact, I'll go for it. He delivered it like a killer as well. And then I just heard from home like a good line jack right <laughs> and then he didn't change his face at all so it was just like he looked like he was just stewing up there and oh I was like, man that was, was fantastic but and dude how about how about this too you know i did ask him because i hadn't spoken to him since you know the the 
the knockout to Kevin Holland, which was a crazy knockout. And all we we talked about that knockout. I was like, what an amazing knockout from Kevin yeah. Holland. And so I asked Jack Array, I'm like, so what did you take out of that? Like, hey, I need to be more aware. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was in the concussion thing together. So, you know, what did you take out of that, that you need to be more aware in situations that you didn't think you need to be aware or that that shit will never happen again? He was like, that shit will never happen again. Yeah. I was like, like yeah. without batting an eye, I thought that was fantastic. Jack Array's one of those guys, man, he's like – there's not a lot of MMA fighters that you'd say have a presence. You know, most of them are pretty normal people, and I think that comes with maybe their star power. You know, we see these guys so often and stuff. Something about Jack Raymond. He's, he's very much a Romero kind of guy where he walks in the room and you're like, oh, there's a bad motherfucker right now. I don't think a lot of MMA fans, and I get it. Like, first of all, probably a lot of MMA fans weren't like, oh, yeah, I watched all of Strike Force and I saw that. So they probably missed part of his career. But I, I guarantee you a lot of MMA fans don't aren't aware of his grappling credentials like yeah. like didn't watch you know Abu Dhabi Combat Club and didn't like haven't seen like that dude as a grappler was is he not up there level. as like, possibly the best in the MMA one like, of the greatest of all time without like question him, him, and, him and Maya and but there's like terms of, in terms of like grapplers it's like oh. he's, he's up there right one of the greatest of all time so this is a big moment but I mean listen he's getting near the end of his run I mean that listen We've we've been covering the sport for a long time, and we're starting to see these these careers end, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and his is coming to an end. This to me, because he's what forty one. Yeah, forty, maybe even older than that. I think Fuck, he's getting he up there. Years. He's getting up there. Oh, yeah. five years. No, you're right, forty one. For some reason, I was thinking. But still, when you look at for that, some reason I was thinking forty three. I think Floyd Mayweather's forty three. I think that's why forty three. Another so another guy that's like uh, he looks good for his age. But yeah, I mean. I think when most people look at Jacare, they don't think like, "Oh man, he's in his forties; he can't fight anymore." I like, just, to me, this feels like a must-win for 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 Jacare, and, and here and here's why is is the way I see it. And it's, it's probably obvious, but like, look, when they announced this matchup, I mean, listen, unless you're the hardest of hardcore, I bet a lot of people were like, "Who?" Andre Muniz, like no disrespect to Andre Muniz, but like he's very new in his career. He's undefeated in the UFC. I can raise my hand and, and yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's undefeated in the UFC. He's a he's a credentialed grappler as well, which I think is great because not to say that he couldn't, you know, score a knockout. That's a great thing about this fight. But I think what the matchmakers are probably thinking here is that hey, at least this is a fight for Jacare that's probably gonna be a grappling match. Which by the way, Muniz did say like Oh, I'll grapple. Like we go into the ground and we're gonna grapple. Like I'm, I'm not afraid of him at all. I, I'd love a grappling match. Oh, I'd love it. I love it. Like, I love it when there's like the uh, Gregor Gillespie fight. I love a good scramble. You know? Yep. Oh, but that this, was ridiculous. That was insane. That's a fight where people are like, I don't know about guys with good ground game. I just want to see a knockout. It's like watch that. I got dude. Like, you know that what? was completely. That was that was tense drama B- right there. By the way, oh, it was so tense. By the way, somebody sent me a clip today. I gotta go back and watch that fight. I didn't realize how bad Gregor grabbed onto the cage during that. Oh, did he? oh I my it. god! It was just like two. Tas- it was like the Tasmanian Devil. Oh, spin they were amazing. Yeah. I gotta go back and watch that fight. It was so amazing. That fight was so. That was one of the, my favorite fights of the year so far. Yeah. Uh, but dude, this to me feels like a must win for Jack Ray. Like, if you don't, if you don't. If you're not capable of beating a guy that most people were like, who, when you got matched yeah, up yeah, with, for sure. that's it's, bad. I, I, yeah. I think how many, I mean, look, man, they cut, they cut names now. You know, yeah. they'll cut names. That's and I think, I think if, like you say, it, you can lose to a Kevin Holland who people know and people kind of like Kevin Holland. You, you don't get away with losing to an Andre Muniz, you know. I agree. Uh, Mike Grundy versus Lando Venata. You know what's funny? I love this matchup because it's two of the most snake-bit guys in the UFC, I think. Their careers are just so weird and their starts and stops. Um, Grundy clearly is going to come out and try to wrestle. Lando Venata, uh, who is uh, starting again in the featherweight division. Um, man, guys, I, I, I love talking to Lando, man. I just love – I love. I, I think probably he uh, you know, convinces me that he's better in a better place than he is every single time. I agree. But, uh, man, did he not – uh, make it feel like you know he's uh, just recentered, refocused, and, and and ready to do something special. A hundred percent, man. He really came out there. Weirdly enough, he came out with a reptile shirt and then denied it was reptile, which I found odd. But maybe that was his mind games. But yeah, no, he came out and said like, like look, we're, we're like this is a new me. I feel like Lando has always been exciting, but he's never recaptured the Tony Ferguson fight. You know where he came in as this nobody and fought, like took Tony to like really tested. Tony. Oh, that was. I mean. The, you, you talk about in terms of USC debuts. Yeah, I, I really think that he's kind of. This is going to sound disrespectful, and it's not exactly what I mean. But I feel like he's his his name is kind of coasted on that. Everyone's like, oh, Lando Venata, yeah, that guy, he he need to got Tony. And I feel like it's much like with Jacare, now's the time. Okay, are you are you like are you a legit prospect or not? Because it feels like he's been around long enough that people are going to stop caring if he doesn't pull something out. You right. Know? 
It's a big one for him. Meanwhile, Mike Grundy, of course, he's had uh, you know some, some setbacks and was pulled out from COVID from fighting early this year, uh, fighting out of the UK. We'll see if he can deliver on something big. That's that's a big matchup. By the way, uh, and again, you know what? I'm going to credit Jose Youngsters because I believe it was his question. And again, one more example why if there's any major outlets out there looking for some fresh talent uh, that maybe is under your radar, you haven't you haven't heard of the guy, you're not yeah. seeing his output anywhere because it's just getting buried on the ethers of the internet. <laughs> I believe it was I believe it was Jose Youngs who asked about uh, the uh, New Mexico situation with Joshua Fabia and, and what Lando Venata could and Lando Venata basically confirmed that uh, no he, rem he he knows the story of Joshua Fabia getting triangle choked in a bar. Uh, in New Mexico. Now, he wouldn't confirm any names. I poked around, and I was given a name of the person who was responsible <laughs> for this. The name, I'm, I'm, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful, I don't know who this person is. The name I was given, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it's a name. Again, we're playing a little bit of telephone game here. This is a friend of a friend who told me. Uh, that The name of the guy was Jimmy Rayborn. So oh, if anybody old is a – school Jimmy. Triple OG Jimmy. Triple OG Jimmy, I Everybody believe. Everybody knows Jimmy around the block. I'll be honest with you. I do not know this gentleman. Uh, I do not know if he ever fought professional. Uh, if anybody out there knows this story and can confirm it and can tell me if this is, is right, but that's the name I was given. Uh, He's putting them out there? I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I'm throwing it out there. Yeah. I want confirmation. I can't confirm. It's the name I was given. I can't confirm it. I don't know if it's have right tried, or wrong. Have you tried finding him? I, it'd be I, fuck. It'd be some scoop, John. It'd be some scoop. I know, and 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 so part of me wanted to just keep that close to the vest and investigate. But let's be honest, I don't have much time. I mean, I'm, we're name? on to the I next. I can't week. wait for the text message. What's going to send you now? Right? <laughs> You're right. Did, did he? Did he ever send you crazy text before? Come on. Did yeah. didn't he? Yeah, I remember. Because uh, anybody that's come in contact with him has received. What's his name? I'm going to Google him again. Jimmy Rayborn is the name okay. I was given. So, if anybody's Jesus. out there and can, can tell me about that, uh, <laughs> that. Uh, all right, uh, Andrea Lee uh, versus Ant Antonina Shevchenko, obviously a, a big fight there. Andrea Lee on this three-fight slide uh, wants to get off of it. Two of them by split decision, one that she feels very confident she won. Antonina Shevchenko, uh, of course, uh, looking to get some consistency going in her career as well. And, of course, she does have that name value that she brings to the table. Uh, so that's a big fight there at 125 pounds. It's rounded out by Jamie Pickett versus Jordan Wright. You look at the early ESPN Plus prelims, Priscilla Cachoeira versus Gina Mazzani, longtime Vegas resident who's now out in uh, Kansas City. Uh, Kevin Aguilar versus Tucker Lutz. Christos Giagos versus Sean Soriano, who is returning to the UFC after six years away, getting his second start underway. Uh, so uh, it should be action from the start. Of course, we'll have it all covered. Uh, but, of course, you know what this is about, the vacant interim what? Interim. Just vacant. <laughs> what, because Tony's, wow. Tony's on the card, you got to throw interim in there? Freudian slip there. The real champ is Conor McGregor. We all know that. Vacant. <laughs> I didn't even have to say it. <laughs> <laughs> vacant title is on the line. Guys, any other storylines from this week? Anything from Houston? Anything that's, uh, you know, I mean, look, we're back in front of crowds. I'm excited for 17,000. I cannot tell you how special the environment was. Uh, in Jacksonville with 15,000. I know Texas is going to bring it strong, and I think the fighters respond. Again, we, we, we kind of joke. We say, look, we, we're, we're not necessarily breaking down the X's and O's like the Dan Toms of the world, yeah. but, dude, you can't tell me that as exciting as that card was you know, in Jacksonville, it didn't have something to do with the fact that 15,000 screaming people were, gonna be, were, were in there kind of willing it on. Now there's 17,000. I mean, <laughs> When you're in the bowels of the arena, when you can't see any of the said number of people, it all sounds the but, same. But do you, do you oh, feel it all sounds Kenny, the that's same? That's not true. We felt bad when Chris Weidman's family walked past us. Oh, did you have to watch that? They just had to walk past us. He had to oh, go through the media room. No. Kenny's look of like complete discare on his face. Says I didn't see him. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that would explain the, the look then. Yeah. No, that was. But no, even even in there, like when you heard the crowd like rumble. Yeah, 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 that's great. Okay. Whatever. Okay. But I'm not going to go like, oh, so whether it's 15 this, or 17. He wants to end this episode no. on a high. I mean. On a positive and a real. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, it's I true. Though, everybody, as, as everybody's as like, oh, you're going to be so, it's going to be so crazy. We're in the bowels. I won't even see the crowds except on a TV screen, just like you at home. Except I will have as, food given to me as a, and <laughs> bad and coffee. Dickheads <laughs> asking shit questions. If, if, yeah. you, if you ever get tired of cold <laughs> coffee as a nickname, how about. 
the bowel master. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're always in the bowels. Forever. I love the bowels. I'm deep, deep, deep in the bowels. Wow. Okay. I thought that's why you liked me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I prefer a gentler touch. That's true. You know, if you love no, this type of conversation, <laughs> patreon.com slash anime road. We, really we started with anal sex. We ended with anal sex. Did we? Well, I mentioned. Never mind. It's fine. <laughs> you started. No, like, I'm, I'm, like, again, and I say that with all seriousness, like, it's going to be fun to be in there. I mean, we'll hear the crowd, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. I'm just, I'm just glad to get back to, you know, just repetitive good fights, you know, just more, more fights, more good fights, you know, when we were at the Apex. And I, but I like, you know, I've grown to love the Apex shows. They're so quick and convenient to get in and out. What's neat, neat about this is that it's this right here. We're all here on the road, mm. but we're out at a wing spot, having beers, being able to do this. Like, for me, this is more of a highlight for, like, the trip yeah, go than sitting in the in the basement of an arena, listening to crowd, having much funner time up out. I actually completely agree with you, man. This <laughs> this is the part that I've missed, Like, this is, this, is, this is cool. Yeah. Like, this is what I'll remember after the fact, honestly. When you sit and, like, you know, we do the, we do the questions, we do the interviews afterwards, and if something great comes out, of, of course we're going to remember that. But when you when you start going back through the you know in your head of all these shows, when you're sitting down there, this is more of the stuff that I'll remember from the trip than anything else. The fact that here we are, finally again able to be sitting at a bar, recording the show, in the town, actually feeling like we're on the road. It's yeah. This feels like we're on the road. Because usually those nights I never really remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> I usually wake up in a cold sweat and cry. Except and last sore. time. Except last time when I'm sore. Except last time when I obviously lost my phone and you know had a heart attack and I couldn't make it to media day. Well, that was difficult. I mean, obviously all the things that you went through there, food poisoning. Tough night. You know, car crash. Oh, yeah, car car crash. Car crash. Food poisoning. Yeah, The car was actually food poisoned. That's yeah. why it crashed. That was actually the worst. Dude. That's the first time I've ever fucking since I've got working in MMA. I mean, when I was a construction worker, and my dad's gonna listen to this. I'm sorry, dad. Like the amount of times I fucking had to miss work for being too drunk or hungover the next day. That was the, oh yeah, fuck, I didn't actually, I didn't realize I was about to tell that story when dad was yeah. going to this, never mind, yeah, no, I, I when it. I look at you, I completely think construction worker, I can, I don't know yeah, why you ever I left the biz. I flourished, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't cut a saw in a straight line for three years, mate, and then be like, just cut the way the pencil is, I was like, I can't, it doesn't go that way. Uh, boy, we are a bunch of just unskilled individuals, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I love it. We failed upwards, though. I we like, did. Oh, I like that. Yeah. We did. failed upwards. UFC 262 this weekend, <laughs> patreon.com slash the Roadshow. Make sure you go over to DraftKings.com, download the app, and promo code FROSTY. Support us all. We appreciate all that stuff. And if nothing else, we just tell you, thanks for listening.